Broadcasting from 106.7 WIZN Studios, 106.7 WIZN, proud to be part of Review Vermont and this podcast. Welcome back, John. Hey, Mel, how are you? Episode ya? two. Yeah. It's nice to be here. I'm, I'm, now I can breathe a little bit. We got the one down. You know. <laughs> right. We Feeling got better. one done. Feel, We're feeling on to better. the next one. Feeling better. And we've worked together now. We've been in the same room, locked in. Nobody nobody killed each other. Nobody nope. died. It's all nope. good. No babies and I, were And I'm happy that you you removed the sharp instruments before we did this. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I I did that as much for myself as you. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what are we doing today, John? Well, again, we're we're uh, this is the podcast, and it, it just was natural to go into a podcast about this subject. Uh, Brewview Vermont is covering the craft beer, the craft distilleries, the the, the ciders, the the wineries, and it's just it, we're really proud. Vermont is just such a a leader in this industry that's sweeping the country. It is, um, and it's it's just cool to to get our finger on it. We also again celebrate the lifestyle. So there's. There's all kinds of stuff that, uh, you know, not only the brews and not only that, but just uh, activities and pets and clothes and just all kinds of stuff that we're doing. And we're really, really excited to have these two guys yes. here. Yes, we are. So we'll introduce them in a second. Yeah, yeah. All right. But first of all, if you're listening to this podcast and we want to make sure that you are, we want to make sure we're, we, we, our effort is uh, at least getting 10 people. So 10 people who 10 listen people. to the podcast, email us first at brewviewvt at gmail. Dot com will get a $20 gift certificate from an area restaurant. So the first 10, 10 people who say, hey, and we want your input, whether you like it, don't like it, don't care, have some input on, um, we care, but we don't want to, you know, it's not going to influence us. We're not going to be angry or anything, um, but it, uh, we'd love some input. So brewviewvt at gmail.com. First 10 will get a $20 gift certificate from an area restaurant. That sounds really nice. Yeah. And then you can come up here. You can have, go to that restaurant. You yeah. can stop and sample some of our beers, wines, distilled go. beverages as well. And yeah, I am very excited to be uh, hearing about these guys. I mean, we've got more printed material. I like reading things. And when I read things lately, I'm reading about brewing, <laughs> you know, and uh, mainly for me, uh, being a home brewer, I love these things. But my journey with a lot of beers started with some of the historic sites in Burlington. And we have got Jeff Baker, Jeff S. Baker II, Colonel, I, th- I believe, and Adam Krakowski, authors of a new book, just released, as a matter of fact, June 3rd, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I'm hearing, seeing some nodding, not hearing it. Burlington Brewing, A History of Craft Brew- Beer in the Queen City. So welcome, guys. Very glad to have you and your book here. Well, thank you for having us. It's, uh, it's been a long project in the making. How long? How long did you guys? I mean, that really... How, how long did it take you to write this? I think uh, it took about two years actively wow. writing it. Um, wow. You know, but that's in addition to the, you know, 10 plus years I have in the business and, and however long Adam's been writing. Uh, histor- I've been writing about uh, historical food and beverages for about nine years now. And I, th- I think that's one of the good things about this book that I like is that the two of you guys, this isn't something you're just like, oh, I write about puppies. I'm going to go write about beer in Burlington. You know, you've got, you already understand a lot of the history. You came into this not cold. You've learned a lot about it on the way. I, I think it, it just shows too. I mean, you take a look at it. it, it the, the book itself, it just shows. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should mention puppies because that's actually our next project. Not, well, they, it's the history you know. of puppies. <laughs> but they're the history of puppies that are like that brewers own. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Well, that's we did a, a little story. bit of a tie I have a spreadsheet in here of all the tasting rooms and whether dogs are allowed or not. So that'll go hand in hand with it. Yeah, one one of the great things that happened on this project was I was kind of burned out from uh, producing Vermont Prohibition, uh, which took a while, and it, it was e- extremely intense since it's all historical. And uh, the publisher approached me about 
trying to do another another book because Vermont Prohibition was kind of a loose end of Vermont beer mm-hmm. and Burlington, you know, Burlington Brewing was the final chapter of the loose ends of Vermont beer just because it's such the heart of the state with in terms of the brewing and the history and I literally looked at my wife and just said I'm I'm not taking another book on there's only one person in the state that I would work with to do this and it was Jeff and sure enough I get a I get a call from the publisher saying Hey, we found somebody that maybe we, you know, you'd be interested in co-authoring with, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's uh, Jeff Baker. I don't know if you know him, and I just kind of went, um, "All right, yeah, green, it, it, green light." It, it, written in the stars or the phone call from you know with the, with the person you're thinking of. That's great, right? That's you know, I got the the note from the publisher saying, you know, hey, are you interested in writing this book? We're looking for somebody in the area, and I said, you know, I would only do this project if I could work with a co-author, and uh, and they said, yeah, no problem. So I I call Adam up, kind of nervous, and say. You know, here's this pitch. I know you're burnt out from writing the last two books, um, but, you know, let's split it. And he starts laughing. And I'm like, oh, geez, he's just laughing me off. Right? <laughs> right. He goes, I was going to call you in 10 minutes and ask you the same thing. Wow. That wow. is great. That is great kismet on this. I mean, um, that's a pretty niche. I mean, so you're going into something like this where you can explore a little bit more. Um, you guys, I mean, I got to think you must have done some hands on research. In other words, you've had a beer or two. <laughs> I write about dead people. <laughs> yeah, that's a yes. I write so, about dead beers. You know. So I know John. You have a couple of questions. I do. You I want do. To ask I, these first, guys. the first question: What is the oldest brewery in Burlington? Not. I mean, I know there's probably. I mean, the oldest, oldest. Not that may not still be in business now or whatever. But what is the oldest? When did it? So, in all honesty, there's two chapters of that. Is are we talking the the all time, it just it, throughout history or the modern. Well, you were talking about prohibition. Modern. At the end of prohibition, was there breweries? No. Okay. And you know, I actually started off uh, Vermont beer uh, with the opening quote, and uh, it was something that I had found in a publication, uh, a newspaper actually in Burlington, and it's from uh, May eleventh, eighteen seventy seven. And the quote is, he long considered the brewery in this town a nuisance, but it is now closed, and he did not believe anyone present would ever see another brewery running in Burlington, if ever. Wow. 1877. Oh, they Amazing. were wrong. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, whoever wrote that, they were way wrong. <laughs> yeah. So so the first brewery that opened up in Burlington uh, was Daniel Staniford, and that was in 18, uh, circa 1800. It's, un- it's unknown if it was 1799 or 1800, but the first advertisements uh, start popping up in 1800 um, stating that he has – he has a brewery started, um, and back then, which is a lot different than now, is you actually had multi-tiered businesses in the same operation. So you had not only a brewery, but you also had a distillery. You also had a malt house, yep. and you were producing potash, hmm. uh, which was important for gardening and um, the cre- oh, uh, sure for sure. farming and for also making um, cement and mortar mm-hmm. and so forth. Yep. And all of that came out of the different products within. So you were malting the grain. And you're able to brew, you know, brew the beer, but people a lot of time disconnect the fact that when you distill, you're actually making a, essentially a, a wort, um, you know, without hops. Right. Um, although now we've gotten into modern distilling of beer. And, you know, then you have that next step that you're producing the distillate uh, from the same materials. And then all of that wood fire that you were using to, you know, to kiln and also to brew all of that ash can then be made into potash. So everything's just produced in-house from the different materials where now, nice. you know, we can make a phone call and or click of a button and have hops from yeah. wherever you yeah. want. Call Peterson, in. don't deliver. Yeah. <laughs> right to your door. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, very good. 
Uh, I'm interested in all this research you guys were doing. What's one of the most interesting stories you ran across? Even if it couldn't be printed. I mean, there's got to be a lot of them. Yeah, we can can edit too if it gets, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, one of the things uh, that I was surprised by doing the research for this book was how many um, deaths, suicides, ghost hauntings that there are in in these breweries in Burlington. It's going to bring oh, up the haunt. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, everything from uh, um, where the farmhouse tap and grill is now, which is a big part of this. It's not a brewery, but it's a big part of the beer right. culture. So, oh, yes, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before that was a uh, building there called the Black Cat Cafe, which mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning in the, in the 70s uh, exploded, um, killing two children. Um, oh, my God. And so the building was a total loss, and um, there's a long story. That's actually my next project, so I'm not going to go into it. I don't want to spill the beans no, on that. But don't I tell you what, we'll it, have you back. You can talk about that one. Perfect. <laughs> but so the two kids die, and then the, 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 a new building is built. It becomes McDonald's, mm-hmm. which is yes. Burlington's known for being a, one of the cities in the country that has a McDonald's that went out of business, right. which yeah. is awesome. Right. But the, uh, the, the employees in the McDonald's and the employees of the farmhouse uh, claim to see that, that there's ghosts in the basement that um, – they're playful. They just kind of knock things off of shelves and uh-huh. stuff. So yeah. I, well, if you're gonna meet a ghost, let's hope it's playful. Yeah. When uh, uh, where American Flatbread is, as a matter of fact, yeah. it used to be Carbers, and I was down there by myself one time on the lower floor. I was there with a whole group of people, and uh, they all had to u- use the restroom at once. And uh, so I'm sitting there alone. The waitress goes upstairs, and all of a sudden, I feel somebody brush by me, and I look, and and there's nobody there. And then I hear the story from one of the waitresses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of hauntings there going is, on. There is. There's, yeah, yeah, that building is definitely haunted. It, it could be, uh, you know, uh, Carl Burr, who is one of the owners, Carr Burr, right? So, right. Uh, or um, there was a young cook who uh, took his own life in the basement oh, named no. David Mario. Wow. Uh, that could have been uh, that. Or there's some stories that I haven't corroborated about um, pirates. Uh, ah. Pirates. Rum running pirates. Yeah, well, you got to find out about the rum. like a rum running pirate story? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get off the let's get off that yeah, yeah, track. And, yeah. and um, there's a there's a guy. I wish that I could call him a living legend, but he is definitely a legend in town. I know. Obviously, we both want to know about this one. Yeah, yeah. Greg Noonan. Um, go ahead. I, I, I just as background for me, uh, when Greg opened up uh, Seven Barrel down in West Lebanon, I was in radio down there, and I used to call him Greg. And I used to think this was the silliest damn idea I ever seen in my life. You're gonna brew beer here. You're gonna sell your own beer. I, this is never gonna work. And at that particular location, he was about the fifth or sixth person in there. You know, one of those locations that just changes constantly. And lo and behold, it took off. So, uh, but that's how I knew Greg. Yeah, you know, for me, the big thing that Greg Noonan did it. It wasn't so much the the beer aspect. I mean, he's a remarkable you know, the accomplishments and, you know, as a brewmaster, he was remarkable. But what I was actually fascinated with, and this goes more to my, uh, you know, history training background, was the laws that he had to change and the red tape. Right. And how problematic it was to get that started. Yeah. And, you know, and people see Vermont Pub and Brewery, and I always send folks, I you know, it's really where it started here in, in Burlington right, right. and still, you know, solid beer and great food. And, you know, and I tell people that, you know, when you look at how many laws had to be changed, there's also no, there's no heritage in Burlington or Vermont for that matter in brewing. And, you know, very quickly think about, you know, the Irish in Boston, the Germans in Milwaukee, uh, St. Louis, in St. Louis, and you have all these areas that have that heritage. So they're kind of in some ways bound 
to a style. And when you look at the fact that prohibition was between state and federal was 80 years in Vermont, it wiped literally everything off the map. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's no, there's nothing left. Um, in terms of history, I kind of look at it that every generation's a half-life. Mm-hmm. So the knowledge of one generation passed to another is going to be only about half of what was accumulated, but another half will be added. So when you think about it, there's like three or four generations that happen and all that knowledge is gone. Yeah. And Greg comes in and basically just from the the bare bones, he needed equipment. And, you know, I, I saw the tank uh, that uh, John Kimmick had for for a while. I think it, it w- it's still at the Prohibition Pig currently. And it's basically a homemade, you know, welded together, you know, equipment. Uh, the tank, the ma- I think it's the mash ton, but don't hold me to that. And specifically, it's like, you know, it's literally from the ground up. He had to make his own mm-hmm. equipment change the laws that were in the way just to get this off the ground. Yeah. yeah. Just on that subject of the, that equipment, uh, you know, one of the pieces of the original brewery was a pig feeder. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was a maple syrup uh, piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was another kind of unusual, um, like a, a dairy, yeah, something so, to do with so dairy, dairy, but it was really like cobbled together. And that, that showed Greg's skill, not only as a, a brewer, and as a uh, you know, legislature working with Bill Mayers trying to get all the laws changed, but also his resourcefulness. And he, he was really a renaissance man. Um, he, yeah. He was a painter. Well, that I got from a, him just talking to yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he was a historian himself. He did a lot of uh, Irish history. He was a poet. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really had a, you know, a lot of things going. And it's pretty impressive to not only be a, a brewer that influenced not only Vermont's brewing history, but, you know, the whole country, but also, uh, you know, that that he had time to do these other things. He also started, <laughs> if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, the Vermont Brewers Association. Yes, he did. I, and, and I believe so. VBA yeah. is one of the recognized in the country as far as representing the brewers and and for not only legislative but also uh, promoting and and all, and all of that. So, yeah, I think when you know back then it was basically it was a club of a couple of people who got together and eventually that you know after modifying over the years, you know, grew to become the Brewers Association. I mean, I actually got into home brewing because of Greg Noonan, a guy that he trained on how to brew beer is one of the people that I early on helped. I had no idea what in the world I was doing. You know, I'm like, malt, hops, what, you know, why are we putting, you know, what looks like grains of wheat in a bucket and boiling it? You know, I have no idea. And then I would taste it and, you know, it was fantastic. So really you can't, yeah, you almost can't talk about beer in Vermont and in New England, really. Uh, because of, you know, the the stretch over into New Hampshire, et cetera, without Greg coming. I up. have a lot of friends in Missouri. I grew up in Missouri. I grew up in St. Louis. That's why I said St. Louis. <laughs> Budweiser was my first word, you know, um, and, and I've progressed from that. But um, uh, a lot of my friends who see what we're doing here, uh, they they have gone to a lot of breweries and, so, and they talk about Vermont. And, and as a matter of fact, I've seen uh, posts on Facebook or Instagram that says, you know, Vermont IPA, our newest Vermont IPA which I think is pretty cool. So. <laughs> yeah, don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving right along. Well, I mean, you know, that's that, that's a good uh, lead into the next question. I know that you wanted to know kind of where we're going. And, and, and IPA, I think it's kind of, you know, a lot of people are seeing in the industry, it's over. And we've seen things like, you know, uh, the, the fruited sours, the, the lagers really growing. Is that really kind of the direction? Did you, did you guys see more on that? Um, or is there a completely that we haven't even heard about yet? 
You know, I, IPA is still really king, especially the Vermont IPA. If you're brewing it in Vermont, it's Vermont IPA. If you're outside <laughs> of it, it's Vermont hear. style IPA. So Actually, that's it does true. say style. Okay. Style. Yeah. Style. But I've seen beers from Poland and California and things that don't say style anyway. So that's a whole other thing. Sure. There is a chapter in the book about the Vermont IPA, and I kind of go through it there. But there you go. <laughs> uh, for, in the interest of time, we'll right. we'll move right. on. But you know, I, as a as a beer writer myself, and I know Adam uh, also writes for Yankee Brew News. Um, I feel like every beer writer I know has been predicting the year of the lager for the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that it really, it's here. It's yeah. here. And I think that we're, as a beer culture, we're ready to embrace the subtlety of lager brewing again. Whereas the initial push of craft beer was to not taste like Budweiser, right? Mm-hmm. Right. The original craft right. brewers were trying to, you know, make an amber ale that was really deep and malty right. and, and, and the opposite rebelling essentially sure whereas now we're to the point where we're ready to come back and brew that subtle beer again and i think it has to do too with the the breweries maturing i think that a lot of the breweries were so small all they could do was serve you ales all they could do was serve you something that was incredibly fresh and now they realize we've got this back storeroom it's at a regular temperature we can totally lager some beers let's give it a try and so I think that that's how a lot of the, the breweries well, have introduced the There's something lagers. coming out. And, and there is, our yeah. approach to this podcast and also the, the publication is we want we don't want the people what we do, and, and, and but we want to introduce a lot of people too. And people can get pretty intimidated. Um, that's why, you know, we, we, we want to present it as, and I think the loggers kind of bridge that gap a little bit, you know, from a logger to a, to a double IPA, you know, or something like that. Well, I, I got to say one of the big things that's happened – in Vermont, uh, and also just from travels around the country I, I've had in the last couple of years, is that some of the craft loggers, and I'll use Green State uh, Lager as yeah. an example, mm-hmm. um, they're really becoming the gateway beers for into craft beer because they're basically, you know, a flavor profile that people know from drinking macro brews, but then all of a sudden they, they get kind of nuances and find something that they like about it, and then they start exploring off of that. And I think it's fantastic. But uh, in terms of the IPAs, one of the big things that I saw, um, I was in Colorado uh, a few weeks back, and uh, it turns out that you know IPAs came out there as well, um, and you had every variant you could imagine, but red ale was everywhere out there. Oh. And there's these variants that I'm seeing around the country, these pockets that, um, like Colorado, almost every brewery we I went to had on their draft list a red ale mm-hmm. that was produced in Colorado. Can you do me a favor? I, I have no idea. What is a red ale? Uh, red ale is, uh, if we, how technical you want to go? It's not very. <laughs> um, basically, a red ale is, uh, you know, a um, top fermented beer that um, usually has uh, some specialty malts to give it kind of an amberish to red hue. And, you know, the big point on that is that traditionally it was a balanced beer. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got, you got the malt character and the sweetness, but you had just enough hops to keep everything in check. I will say I'm seeing a lot of red ales now that are overhopped, um, where it, it's fine and it's an American red ale rather than a traditional red ale. Right. And but they're kind of pushing the lines towards you know red IPAs in a way. Um, I great example in Colorado. I had a red ale that was almost 60 IBUs, which is right up there in the hop profile of an IPA. Where traditionally a uh, red ale should be somewhere, I think in the twenties. Yeah, under, under thirty for sure. Yeah, I mean, un- under thirty. If you think about like copper ale, you know, you think about uh, even Catamount. You know, they had an amber ale, and those were the ones that kind of introduced me to, you know, that that red beer. The first beers I actually brewed on my own were were coppers, and yeah, that malty forward, 
kind of that that hop hit you you know midway but yeah now they're giving it a little more of a kick a little more of a punch but um hops obviously is 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 king but there's a lot of other flavors i'm seeing that and that's actually something that's coming back because uh, Upper Pass Brewing, for instance, have has a Fred's Red Ale. Saw that. Um, that yeah. that is a very true to style. Yeah, we did a story on them in here. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know they they make some phenomenal beers. Yeah. And, and but that's popped up. I know that Bent Hill has a Maple Red Ale. Yeah, Vermont Vermont Pub and Brewery has uh, you know a, an excellent Red Ale. Barnum, um, I was actually surprised, uh, has a pretty decent one. I think uh, Red Fox, if I'm not mistaken, I had that one. And but uh, yeah, I mean, and you have Drop In Brewing, Red Dwarf, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, and uh, Rutland Beer Works, yep. Rutland Red, yeah, yes. Yeah. So it is, it is, one, yeah. it is coming back. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about that. It's like kind of a subtle return. Yeah, you know? don't call it a it's comeback. Slid, it's kind of slid in no, and under the IPAs. Yeah, it's definitely growing. Well, I know we need to wrap it up here in a minute. Um, but I, I do definitely want to get back to the book. It looks so interesting. It looks like a great read. Um, tell us, when did it, when did Burlington Brewing really all of a sudden just start taking off? Was it Catamount starting and then people following? or? Well, it's Catamount really jump-started, you know, Vermont, and not only Vermont, but a, a lot of the Northeast um, craft, you know, craft beer movement. And... What the big thing is that a lot of very talented brewers came out of Catamount all over New England, and you know one of them is Paul Saylor, uh, who's the brewmaster at, at uh, Zero Gravity. Yeah, and you know that really it, it it started the chain reaction. And Vermont Pub and Brewery, the same thing. You have many talented brewers that um, got their start in there. Uh, John Kimmick uh, at the Alchemist, uh, mm-hmm. you know, spent time at the, at the Vermont Pub and Brewery, and so it really it became a catalyst and it started that chain reaction of people learning, training, getting good at their craft and moving on, starting their own. And that was the ripple effect. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like to answer your question, you know, 1988, you have Vermont pub and brewery open in Burlington, right? So they changed the laws and they changed everything. Yeah. And then from 1994 to 2004, you've got magic hat, three needs, switchback and zero gravity all opening. Wow. And, you know, those are some big names mm. in, in Vermont beer, and those yeah. names will be known. You know, uh, you, you can drink Magic Hat in Florida. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. legends now. I mean, basically, they've they've reached that status of of being legendary and kicked the doors open. You know, to a lot of the other beers. I know that you know the Bone Brewers, for example. You know, those guys were a gang of people who were at Switchback, and right. you know, they were like, okay, we we know how to brew these three styles down pat. Let's uh, let's expand that knowledge a little bit, and that's kind of how I think a lot of these brewmasters started. Yeah, you know, I think Magic Hat, you know, gets a bad rap now. You know, you know I because, do too. But you have to, from a historical perspective, the amount of influence that they had on the beer oh, scene, yeah, and the amount of brewers that that essentially trained there and then went on yeah. to open their own yeah. breweries. You mentioned Foam, you know, uh, Todd Hare. You've got Matty O'Cohen with Fiddlehead. Um, Chris Rockwood is the current brewmaster. I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of great talent there. There right. sure is. Yeah. Right. Well, I think we're fortunate. Uh, I really do. And I love the book. Um, and, I, and thanks for coming, guys. Um, this is exactly what we wanted to do, Mel. It's, Definitely. Uh, you know. I'm very excited. I really I really am looking forward to this being out. So, again, probably by the time you're hearing this, this book is, is out. Uh, we're recording this right before the release, June 3rd release. So it is available for people to order. You guys are going to be doing some signings, too. Am I wrong about that? You're going to go around to some places and... Yeah, the the list is still kind of developing, but uh, we will definitely be around chitting in for uh, June, July, and August. It appears, and and, th- and then maybe Europe, and you know. <laughs> right. Well, I was going to say, if yeah. you want a signing party at my house, just bring a beer. 
Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll be happy. I I'll thought bring... we were bringing the books and you were giving us the beer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, we could just plug details. Our, yes. If details. we could just plug social media, uh, you could check us out on all uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at BTV Brewing. Uh, BTV is the airport code for Burlington. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't mess it up and switch nope. the letters, but at BTV Brewing. And you can see uh, all the events that are coming up. Great. All right. So watch our social uh, social stuff as well, because I'm constantly promoting the guys and where they're at and, and all that and happy to do it. So uh, thank you. Yeah. Jeff S. Baker, Adam Krakowski, Burlington Brewing, a history of craft beer in Queen City. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Uh, I know you wanted to wrap up I and do. I just, uh, throw again, that email again. Yeah, I just want to throw out the email again, brewviewvt at gmail.com. First 10 people, I'll give you a $20 gift certificate from an area restaurant. That includes the Vermont Pub and Brewery. So, All right. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We're coming from the studios of 106.7 WIZN. The Wizard, proud to be part of Brewview Vermont and this podcast. We'll catch you next time. Take care.